Good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. We continue to celebrate the 20th season of Red Barn Radio, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to show number 765. Formerly touring under the name Blackfoot Gypsies, this really talented trio of players, they're now based in East Nashville. They've changed their name, but not their mission, which is to bring their fun and raucous brand of rock and roll back to the region and beyond. These guys have established a loyal fan base across the U.S. and Europe, fans who anxiously await each and every new single or video they release, and especially look forward to feeling the energy Matthew, Zach, and Dylan bring to any stage they're on. Our guest this evening on Red Barn Radio is D.O.G. Let's rock and roll. D.O.G. to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. 
LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. It's always exciting for us to bring largely unknown or new artists to the Red Barn stage. Equally exciting for us is to host seasoned, established artists who are turning a new page in their career books, refreshing material and finding new fan bases across the world. I'm talking about our guest this evening, DOG. These guys have been making music together for nearly 10 years. Each member contributes songs and brings a different musical flair to the mix. They share an obvious love of performing. They have a brotherly fondness for each other's talents, and they want fans to have as much fun as they do. DOG is Matthew Page on guitar, Zach Murphy on drums, and Dylan Whitlow on bass. Welcome, DOG, to Red Barn Radio. guest this evening on Red Barn Radio is DOG, and they are Matthew Page singing, 
Dylan also doing a lot of great singing over there, and Zach Murphy back there beating on the drums, talking before the program that you guys sort of consider Lexington one of those cities that is, feels a little like home. We were welcomed so uh, gracefully uh, at the Green Lantern by uh, Harry Somerville, rest in peace. He welcomed Zach and I. We started as a two-piece band and we showed up at the Green Lantern. Proved to us that bourbon's better than whiskey, isn't that right, Zach? Yeah, I learned the hard way, but it was a good way. I don't remember the show, but I remember having a good time. I know we killed it. Yeah. Uh, I remember <laughs> a lot of death, uh, but that was day one, and then uh, we met the other. And how long ago was that? Almost 12 years. Were you like guitar drums? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, we were a two-piece yeah. band for the first three years of incarnation, and then Dylan joined us uh, after that. And the two pieces were always guitar drum? Yeah. Something felt right on at that first experience, like, oh, yeah. Cool. Here we go. Keep meeting good bands and good friends, and Dylan recently has a new driver's license here, right? I have not updated my license yet. I, uh, though, yeah, I, I did, I just moved here. We have you. Yes. Very nice. I grew up in the Mason-Dixon line, yes, I did on the line, the Mason-Dixon line. The kind of place they give you days off school to go hunt, yeah, you do. You learn to fish and hunt, I'll miss that country scene. I'll miss the cities, too.
Music City USA. Uh-huh, that's what I hear. Yeah, that's what they call it. Still is. It's always was. But yeah, I started playing violin at three. I completely forgot it. Went everything I knew once I got a set of drums and a guitar. And I went the rock and roll route. Did you play violin at three, like the Suzuki method? Suzuki and, and from three to about 12. Oh, wow. So you, you played plenty. You wouldn't know it now. I've tried to pick it up, and it's, it's, it ain't happening. No? Nah. I, I'm a drummer through and through. Huh. But this is what I love, and I got a set of drums that was uh, my grandfather's, and was playing guitar and trying to jam and play in bands with various people. And it was always like, well, you have a set of drums, and you're better at that, so just go sit behind the drums. And huh. I loved it. At 12, did you start playing drums at your school? Was there a band program at your school and there somebody there who really encouraged yeah, you? Yeah, there was a band program, which it's funny. I don't know if encouragement is the word. Cause my I had some great band directors over there, but my first one discouraged everyone because everyone wanted to play drums or saxophone. So if you <laughs> want to play drums or saxophone, it's like, ah, you should play the trombone. I remember my mom being like, well, he has a drum, so this would be probably more fitting. And I started that, and would just play along to records or CDs back then and watched a lot of MTV and that seeing people play drums is kind of like, oh, that's how it goes. And then doing that, going to lessons, being in drum lines, playing in bands, doing all that and and also trying to play guitar a little bit and trying to write on the side and making sure I wasn't just some loud drummer that didn't know anything about actual music. Mm -hmm. And I'm still trying to do that, but... Got some new drums there? Oh, yeah. Somebody told them. me that. Yes, brand new. This is their first outing. The Diamond by Craviato. They're beautiful, and I'm in love. It's my Valentine's Day gift to myself. How long is it going to take for those things to break in? I, I shouldn't think very long with you playing them. I think they're pretty broken in. They <laughs> after You mean after two songs? Well, yeah, I played them a bit last night, and uh, yeah, they're, they're... Luckily, the guys at the drum shop where I got them kind of tuned them up and had them ready to roll and then hitting them, they feel great. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, that sounds good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah.
Uh, did you originally <coughs> grow up in the South? Uh, no, I grew up on the border of Pennsylvania and Maryland. Okay. Right uh, where the Appalachian Mountain Trail is. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful, hilly, and, you know, winding roads and stuff. Not a whole lot to do there. And I liked to just, like, do sports as a kid. Uh. As far as music was concerned, I pretty much just listened to what my older brothers would listen to, which is, like, a lot of Pop 40 and stuff. Uh-huh. But I, I was really into baseball and basketball until I was about 12 or 13. I guess about 12, yeah, two of my friends were jamming. One, one had just started playing guitar, and another one had drum set. And my dad, for whatever reason, had like a bass playing around the house. And I was like, oh, I'll join them. We played like a lot of Nirvana, Nirvana songs, Ramones, The Clash, stuff like that. Uh-huh. We, we played two gigs, eighth grade, our eighth grade dance, and then our uh, Fourth <laughs> of July party in our little town. Couldn't handle the heat, you know, <laughs> creative differences and whatnot. Uh-huh. But then I started playing with some kids that were really good when I was in high school that uh, they were brothers. They they were homeschooled. They played uh, Zeppelin. And oh. did they recruit you? Uh, yeah, they they needed a bass player, and I had just met them, and so they knew that I at least had a bass. I don't know if they knew that I wasn't very good. I got way better by playing with them. They yeah they they taught me all the cool classic rock stuff, huh. for sure. Zeppelin mostly, and yeah, and yeah. old uh, Delta Blues guys like Robert Johnson and Sunhouse, they turned me on to that stuff, which was really cool. They weren't really that serious about pursuing music, so when I was about 17 or 18, I started my own band, and I was playing guitar. Really similar to these guys, kind of, is just guitar and drums. And, and were you writing music, too, at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when I moved to Nashville, because I, I wanted to find people to play with. I was, I was playing guitar in a band when I, we played with these guys when they were just the two of them. Huh. And that's when I met them. And we hit it off pretty much right away, Matthew and I. And uh, then, yeah, then I started playing with them in 2012.
by Matthew? Uh, yeah. Or do you go by Matt? They, they, they named me Matthew, so I'm, you like Matthew. I'm, I'm going with that. All right, good. That's why so, I, I got it. Matthew, where'd you grow up? Oregon. Okay. Yep, lived in Oregon, wandered around and experienced nature and stuff, and everyone's kind of a hippie, which is cool, or intellectual. Everyone's trying to talk and be smart, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, I feel pretty dumb all the time, so it's good, like, joining the jam, right? You jump in, and hopefully you get smarter by talking to people, so hmm. Portland's good for feeling dumb. Uh, Did you grow up in the city, suburbs? Uh, yeah, country. outside of it, around it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee, Hillsboro, Beaverton, uh, just outside of it, and then, um, yeah, I was there until went to art school in Vancouver, Washington. Oh. That's right. And, and what did you have in mind going there? Playing violin. I played violin and guitar. You too, Classically, huh? yeah. Two violinists. Yes. Yeah. We shred in our off time. Fun. I still like to play a lot, and I, I've tried to hone in on fiddling, which is way different than playing the violin in an orchestra. So it was uh -huh. like relearning a different thing. I really enjoy it. And so hanging out in the South has been a lot of great fiddlers to learn from. Yeah, I did all that through high school and hung around Vancouver, Washington. You ever heard of it? I have. You been there? No. Very green and very beautiful, and they have a lot of good things figured out. I was inspired to leave there because of the such high-quality live music, musicianship, and type of music that Nashville was doing, and I got wind of that, and I wanted to go to a music town and do this. I wanted mm. to start a band and do this. It's like New York, L.A., where do you go? And then Nashville, I'm like, oh, I like country music. I really, really do. And I love blues, and this is the South, and this is the whatever. I don't, let's go see here. I don't, what do I don't know. <laughs> so I went, and now I'm here. Uh, two days in, I was like, yeah, this is it. Here it is. So I went and packed up all my stuff and moved there and started a band with Zach. And, uh, and now I'm here. And now you're here. I feel like it's worked. It's working. It we, is working. We got to go to Europe a couple times, and just like, like eighteen-year-old me starting a band, and going like, "You did that, sweet. You did it." I mean, there's so much more to do, but like, whoa, that's that. That was so cool. That seems so huge, you know, to a high schooler if you would tell your past self that you're gonna do that. How stoked could you be? It is huge. Yes, it feels like it. Well, look out my window. What do I see? But a
We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, Southern style.
sometimes I'm sick of listening to studio recordings and wondering like, hey, you know, was that Matthew playing the fiddle or was that, uh, you know, Stuart Duncan's? This was the first album that we have made that way, just the three of us. We have, uh, in, the, in the Blackfoot Gypsies days, we had three albums and some EPs and we always had our friends come and sing with us or great piano players come in or some horns and there was multiple things that we would just add for the fun of it. But this one was the only one we've ever done where no one's in the room besides the three of us and the engineer, and we did everything. Background vocals and the claps and the yeah. piano and the banjo and the fiddle and the mandolin and the harmonicas and the... Everything. All of Yeah, everything. Everything you can pick out of there was, uh, was just from us, which was pretty cool. I don't know. Is that part of the just a new beginning? Yeah. A good way to start. Right. Like, everything you hear is from us. This is it. Uh, un under no influence uh, besides our own. Hmm. And it's not like you didn't like the sounds that happened when you had friends and other talented musicians come into the studio. This became really very much your own project, and I think that uh, listeners are going to really like knowing that. We put a lot of effort into choosing these songs, too. This is the only album we'd ever done where we picked a bunch of songs and trimmed them down to just the ones we really felt strongest about. So that's another first for this album. Yeah. Um, and that was a fun... Because, uh, you know, we're, we write songs all the time, so you play them, you let them mature, and then you pick which ones feel the best, and then lining them up in a certain order, and there's so much that goes into it. <laughs> it's daunting at times. You got poisoned and you're down again. Well, I've been there, man. I got a few choice words for you.
three of you as friends to be doing this project, just the three of you in that space and putting those songs together. Was it more relaxing than it has been in the past? It was fast paced. We did the whole album in three days. But we're all listening to whoever's doing their take. And it, it, I mean, yeah, relaxing. Like we tried stuff and we were adventurous. Yeah. Uh, that, yes, all of that. We we're very comfortable with the engineer, Mike Fahey. Shout out. What's up, homie? Appreciate you. Uh, he got us into Vance Powell's studio, which he has, you know, uh, Grammys and such success. And so many great legends have been in these rooms. And we got like the night rate. and. Mike helped us out, and we only did it in three days. So we had these songs. We knew what to do. We just had to go do it. Uh, so we're in there being creative, but at the same time, chop, chop. So what's special about that studio, aside from who's been there and what's happened there in the past? And now you guys are part of that, too. It backs up to the graveyard where George Jones, Johnny Paycheck, and Porter Wagner are all buried. Uh, that's something. So there's something, that, uh, to name a few. If you don't know... Vance Powell. Jack White and Chris Stapleton both used his gear to record all of their albums. So there's really, really cool gear there. So, you have a, so he has a lot of gear that nobody else has? Correct. Yes, these speakers in particular that, that he played on, I think that they may have been one of a kind, built by some speaker builder. <laughs> chug driving song, yeah, chug driving song. But you drive your rig to new frontiers. Chug driving song about how she's dead and gone. It's the best damn trucking song she'll never hear. I wanted to write a truck driving song about shooting my baby for doing me wrong. So that's exactly what I've done. Well, I just got in from out of town. I drove all night. I was southern bound, doing 95 on Highway 81. So I bought some roses and a bottle of wine for me and my baby to have a nice time. And I went and knocked upon her door. But some fella I did not know, well, he opened up and he said hello. And why he was there, well, I really wasn't sure. So I said, who the hell are you? And he grinned a grin. And then I knew, well, my baby, she was surely fooling around. So I took that bottle of red and I smashed it right across his head. And I left him lying, bleeding on the ground. Well, about that time, baby came downstairs, said, is he dead? And I said, who cares? And if I was you, well, honey, I would run. So she headed for the back door, and I reached down for my 44, and I pulled the trigger of my favorite gun. Well, the bullet went right through her chest, and I suppose y'all might know the rest. I'm doing time for murder in the first degree. So the moral here, I suppose, is one I hope everybody knows. You don't mess around with a meaty sandwich like me. Chug driving song, yeah, chug driving song. You drive your rig to new frontiers. Chug driving song about how she's dead and gone. It's the best dang trucking song she'll never hear. Driving song, yeah, just driving song. You drive your rig to new frontiers. Just driving song, 
the truck driving song. Our first two European tours, I had a journal entry of every single day. Of, and it was, a lot of it was really a monotonous, like I lost my shoe today. I ate this. I felt this. But I looked back on it, and it was weird because the whole tour, I flip to a page, and it immediately comes back. And all of a sudden, I remember everything. Because huh. otherwise, otherwise, I wouldn't it would remember. Be a, a red wine Spanish blur. Yeah. I wrote like a weird short story about two people I saw getting pulled over by the, um, what do you call them, the Border Patrol? They were definitely uh, trafficking some stuff. So it looked interesting. I just like wrote, <laughs> wrote a made up story about who they were. When you're in a van and you're scrunched like sardines in the back of it, and you're just watching the world go by in the side of you because you can't see out the front because it's a weird transit van and you don't really see the windows out front. If you were to make a, uh, a brochure that you would uh, pass along to young bands who are about to jump into the life of traveling all over the country and all over Europe, what would be some things that you would tell them? Matthew sure? wrote a whole book about it. No. Yeah, he did. What do you mean, a whole book about? It's a book called Band Life. Tips on how to survive life in a band. Are, are you you're and joking other lives me? too. No, I'm not. It's available on eBay. I'll send you one from my home. Give us some. Uh, oh, it's just about previews. you know. Uh, well, you never hear about anybody like trying to be healthy or like take care of themselves while doing rock and roll. It's always like really destructive yes. behavior. Usually, it's never anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Do your thing. Uh, but I just wrote down because after ten years of doing it, and you sort of learn <laughs> a few things about here and there things, and so I just wrote that down in the stories that came with it. Anthony Bourdain really inspired me with his Kitchen Confidential book mm. uh, about just sort of like, this is what I've been in. I don't care what you think about me. Here it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, hopefully someone can learn something or think about something you know, as they embark into this weird journey that we're on. Because there are no rules and there's no guidebook. This, so this is just like a general like 90 pages of kind of, I don't know, what maybe you should not eat or maybe should eat, van maintenance. Simple things, uh, ginger <laughs> tea intake, uh, you know. Do you have to do anything to take care of your voice? Yeah, Matthew? absolutely. Drink yep. a lot of water. Yeah, I quit, yeah. Uh, I quit drinking alcohol to stop, uh, stop messing with my voice. Um, mm. I miss you, alcohol. I'm yeah, I'm sure. It once in a while. It's worth it to like not hurt myself. You know, the music was more important. So, uh, you know, that, that was, but ginger tea, a lot of water, a lot of try to take care of yourself because if you're sick, you can't sing. Drift on, drift on, watching the world go by. Thinking that my heart is days have gone by. I'm looking for you.
this ain't the worst place to die.
to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. There are so many people to thank for our program. First, DOG, Matthew, Dillon, and Zach, our guests this evening. We thank our volunteers and staff who make our production happen so beautifully each week. And thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. And now once again, let's welcome back these guys, D-O-G, to the Red Barn stage. There was a few fuzzy years there Sometimes it just didn't feel like you could get away from the man. It was a long few years, and I'm glad to see him in my rearview mirror. Sometimes you just want to head to the woods and say, forget this man, that's where I'll be. You want to find me? No, no. 
Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style, the best music from the roots of the South, and sharing this music with the world. 